The Second Letter to the Corinthians, Chapter 6 through 9 from the Twentieth Century New Testament. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. A. Carter, www.authenticlight.org. The Twentieth Century New Testament by a company of about twenty scholars. The Second Letter to the Corinthians, Chapter 6 through 9. Chapter 6 Therefore, as God's fellow workers, we also appeal to you not to receive his loving kindness in vain. For he says, At the time of acceptance I listen to thee, and on the day of deliverance I help thee. Now is the time for acceptance, now is the day of deliverance. Never do we put an obstacle in any one's way that no fault may be found with our ministry. Now we are trying to commend ourselves under all circumstances as God's ministers should, in many an hour of endurance, in troubles, in hardships, in difficulties, in floggings, in imprisonments, in riots, in toils, in sleepless nights, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by patience, by kindliness, by holiness of spirit, by unfeigned love, by the message of truth and by the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, amid honor and disrepute, amid slander and praise, regarded as deceivers, yet proved to be true, as unknown, yet well known, as at death's door, yet see, we are living, as chastised, yet not killed, as saddened, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet enriching many, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. We have been speaking freely to you, men of Corinth. We have opened our heart. There is room there for you. Yet there is no room in your love for us. Can you not, in return, I appeal to you as I should to children, open your hearts to us? Do not enter into inconsistent relationships with those who reject the faith. For what partnership can there be between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what has light to do with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Belial? Or what can those who accept the faith have in common with those who reject it? What agreement can there be between the temple of God and idols? And we are a temple of the living God. That is what God meant when he said, I will dwell among them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore come out from among the nations and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord, and touch nothing impure, and I will welcome you and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord, the ruler of all. Chapter 7 With these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that pollutes either body or spirit, and in deepest reverence for God, aim at perfect holiness. Make room for us in your hearts. In no instance have we ever wronged or harmed or taken advantage of anyone. I am not saying this to condemn you. Indeed, I have already said that you are in our very heart to live and die together. I have the utmost confidence in you. I am always boasting about you. I am full of encouragement, and in spite of all our troubles, my heart is overflowing with happiness. Ever since I reached Macedonia, we have had no rest in body or mind. On every side there have been troubles, conflicts without, anxieties within. But God, who encourages the downcast, has encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. And it is not only by his arrival that we are encouraged, but also by the encouragement which he received from you. 
for he tells us of your strong affection, your penitence, and your zeal on my behalf, so that I am happier still. For though I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it, even if I were inclined to regret it, for I see that my letter did cause you sorrow, though only for a time. I am glad now, not because of the sorrow it caused you, but because your sorrow brought you to repentance. For it was God's will that you should feel sorrow, in order that you should not suffer loss in any way at our hands. For when sorrow is in accordance with God's will, it results in a repentance leading to salvation, and which will never be regretted. The sure result of the sorrow that the world knows is death. For see what results that other sorrow, sorrow in accordance with God's will, has had in your case. What earnestness it produced, what explanations, what strong feeling, what alarm, what longing, what eagerness, what readiness to punish. You have proved yourselves altogether free from guilt in that matter. So then, even though I did write you, it was not for the sake of the wrongdoer or of the man who was wronged, but to make you conscious in the sight of God of your own earnest care for us, and it is this that has encouraged us. In addition to the encouragement that this gave us, we were made far happier still by the happiness of Titus, for his heart has been cheered by you all. Although I have been boasting a little to him about you, you did not put me to shame. But just as everything we had said to you was true, so our boasting to Titus about you has also proved to be the truth. And his affection for you is all the greater, as he remembers the deference that you all showed him, and recalls how you received him with anxious care. I am glad that I can feel perfect confidence in you. Chapter 8 We would remind you, brothers, of the love that God has shown to the churches in Macedonia, how, tried though they were by many a trouble, their overflowing happiness and even their deep poverty resulted in a flood of generosity. I can bear witness that to the full extent of their power, and even beyond their power, spontaneously, and with many an appeal to us for permission, they showed their love and contributed their share toward the fund for their fellow Christians, and that not only in the way we had expected, but first they gave themselves to the Lord, and to us also, in accordance with God's will. And this led us to urge upon Titus that, as he had started the work for you, he should also see to the completion of this expression of your love. And remembering how you excel in everything, in faith, in teaching, in knowledge, in unfailing earnestness, and in the affection that we have awakened in you, I ask you to excel also in this expression of your love. I am not laying a command upon you, but I am making use of the earnestness shown by others to test the genuineness of your affection. For you do not forget the loving-kindness of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that for your sakes, although he was rich, he became poor, so that you also might become rich through his poverty. I am only making suggestions on this matter. For this is the best course for you, since you were a year before others, not only in taking action, but also in showing your readiness to do so. And now I want you to complete the work, so that its completion may correspond with your willing readiness, in proportion, of course, to your means. For where there is willingness, a man's gift is valued by its comparison with what he has, and not with what he has not. For our object is not to give relief to others and bring distress on you, but by equalizing matters, to secure that, on the present occasion, what you can spare may supply their need, so that at another time what they can spare may supply your need, and thus matters may be equalized. As Scripture says, the man who had much had nothing over, and the man who had little did not lack. I thank God for inspiring Titus with the same keen interest in your welfare that I have, for Titus has responded to my appeals, and in his great earnestness is starting to go to you of his own accord. 
We are sending with him the brother whose fame in the service of the good news has spread through all the churches. And not only that, but he has been elected by the churches to accompany us on our journey in connection with this expression of your love, which we are personally administering to the honour of the Lord, and to show our deep interest. What we are specially guarding against is that any fault should be found with us in regard to our administration of this charitable fund, for we are trying to make arrangements which shall be right not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. We are also sending with them another of our brothers, whose earnestness we have many a time proved in many ways, and whom we now find even more earnest by his great confidence in you. If I must say anything about Titus, he is my intimate companion, and he shares my work for you. If it is our brothers, they are delegates of the churches, an honour to Christ. Show them, therefore, so that the churches may see it, the proof of your affection, and the ground for our boasting to them about you. CHAPTER Nine. With reference indeed to the fund for your fellow Christians, it is quite superfluous for me to say anything to you. I know, of course, your willingness to help, and I am always boasting of it to the Macedonians. I tell them that you in Greece have been ready for a year past, and it was really your zeal that stimulated most of them. So my reason for sending our brothers is to prevent what we said about you from proving in this particular matter an empty boast, and to enable you to be as well prepared as I have been saying that you are. Otherwise, if any Macedonians were to come with me and find you unprepared, we, to say nothing of you, should feel ashamed of our present confidence. Therefore, I think it necessary to urge the brothers to go to you in advance, and to complete the arrangements for the gift which you have already promised, so that it may be ready as a gift before I come, and not look as if it were being given under pressure. Remember the saying, Scanty sowing, scanty harvest, plentiful sowing, plentiful harvest. Let every one give as he has determined beforehand, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God has power to shower all kinds of blessings upon you, so that, having under all circumstances and on all occasions all that you can need, you may be able to shower all kinds of benefits upon others. As Scripture says, He scattered broadcast, he gave to the poor, his righteousness continues for ever. And he who supplies seed to the sower, and bread for eating, will supply you with seed and cause it to increase, and will multiply the fruits of your righteousness. Rich in all things yourselves, you will be able to show liberality to all, which, with our help, will cause thanksgiving to be offered to God. For the rendering of a public service such as this not only relieves the needs of your fellow Christians, but also results in the offering to God of many a thanksgiving. Through the evidence afforded by the service thus rendered, you cause men to praise God for your fidelity to your profession of faith in the good news of the Christ, as well as for the liberality of your contributions for them and for all others. And they also, in their prayers for you, express their longing to see you, because of the surpassing love of God displayed toward you. All thanks to God for His inestimable gift. End of chapter 6 through 9